This is Patrick Sertan. When you need a heating and plumbing company that will take it to the house, call Fix It 24-7. They'll strip your furnace of grime and intercept all the dirt, the primary killer of furnaces. Plus, if you need a new furnace, they have great financing options with no payments or interest for six months. Fix It 24-7 offers full coverage on all your heating, plumbing, and electrical needs. Go to FixMyHome.com. When your house is in trouble, Fix It 24-7. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton on location with a man who has never been accused of not being oozy enough. One Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing as always, as we say during the pandemic, this air quote Saturday morning, sir? I don't think anyone could ever dispute the dedication that 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 we prove to our millions and millions of, of fans. Because yes. regardless of where we're at, what what zip code, what times what what time zone we are giving you live and direct a few hours before takeoff our thoughts yes. about the big game yes. and we're talking about the Eagles stuff yes yes for for um, those of you who may not know which is just about everybody during the pandemic we typically record the show um, a couple of days early on Thursday this is a, of course the Thursday before our regular Saturday broadcast on Philly Cam Radio one six point five FM this time we were actually down in Houston Texas. Um, getting ready, as Chris said, for Eagles Texans this Thursday here, or I should should say two days ago, um, <laughs> and getting ready in Texas for this. But of course, at the same time, the Phillies and the Houston Astros are in the World Series as well. So a lot of stuff to talk about Philadelphia versus Houston when it comes to the sports world. But as Chris said, we are dedicated. We are here. We are giving you our pregame thoughts on both of these series, or both this game and the series that that are going down. Uh, this week and we'll give you our post-game thoughts as well so we have a lot of stuff to get to on this edition of the broad street line a very packed show for uh, edition of the broad street line so as we always say thank you guys for tuning in and supporting us here on 106.5 fm or wherever you get your podcasts apple Podcasts, stitcher radio tune in radio google play spotify spreaker uh, just do a search for the broad street line download us to your phone your ipad your mp3 enabled device listen to us at home take us with you on the go and we are a very, very accessible podcast. And while you're doing all of that, please do us a solid. Follow us on the Twitter machine. He is at SKD215. I'm at the BS line. Obviously, we'll we not be talking about Eagles on the Twitter machine this weekend. I will be talking about, and I think Chris as well, the Philadelphia Union this week are also in the, in championship the, in the playoff game. mix. So kudos to the Union who take on uh, LA in the MLS title cup game. So I'll be tweeting about that this weekend as well as the London Derby uh, this weekend between Chelsea and Arsenal. So th- that's what I'll be tweeting about. What will you be tweeting about, sir? I will be tweeting about the good times that I had during this trip. <laughs> yes, yes. Hopefully we'll be able to celebrate a win during the trip. Well, actually, maybe two wins, possibly, uh, for the trip. Well, the, well, the Phillies game, Phillies will still be going on by the time we get back to Philadelphia. But hopefully we'll be able to discuss a Philadelphia uh, Eagles win over the Texans moving their record to 8 No. We will talk about the Eagles in a second. But first, we have to discuss Phil's Astros 2022 World Series. As we record this, the Phillies are tied with the Astros 2-2 two two in said World Series. So we had the uh, the thrill of an amazing victory in Game 3, thanks to five home runs, uh, the explosion from the Phillies off of Lance McCullers for the 7-0 win in Game 3, and then the agony of defeat, the Christian Javier-led combined no-hitter from the Houston Astros uh, in game four, the Phillies got shut out. The second ever shut, uh, no-hitter in World Series history. Uh, the first, of course, was the infamous Don Larson perfect game in 1956. If you had asked me, if you had asked me after game three, you know, what I expected of the series, I thought the Phillies were going to pack this team up in five or six games, and that would be it. And there would be very, very little um, fight from the Houston Astros. And I got punched in the face like the Phillies did uh, last night. So, um, I'm a little bit shocked at, at what happened in Game Four. I don't know about you. I think I, I, I think this is. I think a lot of people thought after Game Three the momentum, but I feel like I don't know. Like this, this Astros team, they're battle tested. They've been they've been in the World Series mix. I mean, they've only won one, but I mean, they've been in the World Series four out of the last six years. So they've seen they they've seen a couple moments of adversity. So I, I mean. 
I, I, I think it's a little unexpected. I think the level, the extreme, the extremity of the um, of, <laughs> of the punch is still is going to be debated for a long time. I, I mean, like one is hasn't happened in what sixty years, right? So I, I mean, this was a different this was a different variety. I, I mean, of the of the group no hitter, but I think this is I, I think momentum is only good for. I think it's I think it's a 24 hour expiration. I, I mean I think whoever wins this game is gonna have the momentum. No, Kyle Schwarber said after game four, you know, it's no big deal that the Phillies got no hit. You know, just kind of basically like strap it up, let's go game five. You know, we're in the history books, but it doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is the next game. So they have the right attitude. I, I'll give and I think the Phillies yeah. have like I don't know, they've gotten themselves off the mat more than a few times this season. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the Phillies during this playoff run they have lost back to back games. Um, so yeah, so the Phillies are used to adversity. They're used to being down. They're used to being, you know, you know, counted out. Um, but then coming right back and and, and having a you know a, a, a decent bounce back performance. Uh, today is going to be game five is going to be a little bit different because of of course the 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 infamous now bullpen game that we have in baseball these days. The, the Noah Syndergaard uh, is going to start the game for the Phillies, uh, but it's basically basically going to be a bunch of bullpen guys uh, to get them through these nine innings. Um, because you know, with the with the hope that Zach Wheeler comes in and closes closes things out in Game Six, um, so you got the bullpen uh, game for the Phillies on the one side, and then the man who hasn't has he I don't think he's ever won a, a World Series game, uh, even though he's been one of the best pitchers ever, Justin Verlander on the other side for for the, for the Astros, um, a, a, an interesting dichotomy if you if you if you could say if you would say um, of of pitching matchups for this game. I guess the Astros have the advantage, but I don't know. I no, I, I think on the surface, I think you could say obviously, like you'd rather have Justin Verlander, Hall of Famer, going up against going up against Noah Syndergaard. But I, I think it, I think the first couple innings, like like this series, has kind of dictated what's going to happen. And I, I feel like the 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 I was going to say the Sixers, uh, the the Phillies. I feel they need to like I don't know get the Verlander early like yeah. I don't know like just I don't know create some good at bats kind of get guys on base and let their let the mashers mash and, and that's the thing it's like you've seen like the team that usually that usually other than the, the Astros five nothing uh, starting game one the team that usually gets out in front early is a team that usually kind of takes it home but again especially with the Astros you got to get this Philly Philly if if you're the Astros you want to get the Philly crowd out of it because you saw that the Astros. You know they made their they made their uh, well they had their explosion um, basically against uh, Aaron Nola in Game Four and then once that happened and the Philly crowd was pretty much out of it well the Philly crowd was out of it because no one got a hit but <laughs> I mean can you <laughs> like because I I feel like like thankfully I've been off of the internet trying like trying to be in the moment of vacation but I feel like the I I think one of the levels of consternation was the crowd wasn't in it uh, for a World Series game I'm like. Good luck being into a game where, it, where where your team gets no hit. Yeah, there's no hits. <laughs> Nobody got hit. So I mean, there were barely guys on base. So the fact that people weren't in the game is like, hey, well, you know what? I kind of understand because again, it's hard to kind of get excited when you know no one gets to second base, you know, <laughs> at all. Like it's kind of hard to kind of kind of kind of uh, you know like get the rally towels going when you can't you don't even have any anything resembling a rally. So yeah, so if the Astros want to win, you know, our advice, of course, is to kind of jump on the jump on those fans early. Uh, we'll jump on the team early so you can AKA take the fans out of it. Because I don't know if you saw that stat, but the Phillies have the best winning percentage um, it will, at, at Citizens Bank Park than any team in baseball history um, in the playoffs. If we've played more than twenty games, I think it's like twenty-two and ten or something like that in the history of, of Citizens Bank Park. So there's your momentum. I, I I mean, like like I said, like I don't know, like like right now, I think. It's one of those like levers, like where I, I think at the moment the Astros have the momentum, but that can change in the first inning with a Bryce Harper home run or or a Kyle Schwarber home run. Yeah, can we? Yeah, I mean we probably should talk about this. Like Bryce Harper, this dude, man. Like <laughs> like just about every time you need this man to, to make a big hit, like this man makes a big hit. Like he makes a big play. Like this dude has been fantastic again. Well, was fantastic um, in game in game two of the World Series. Uh, or, I mean. In game three of the World Series, kudos to Bryce Harper um, again for being the leader that the Phillies paid him to do, and kudos to Bryce Harper for telling Alec Bowman and whatever he told the rest of that team in Game Three to jump on Lance McCullers because they all saw something, whether McCullers was tipping pitches or or had a sequence going or whatever. Somebody knew what was coming 
five times when Lance McCullers threw, threw those those meatball sliders on on uh, in game three, and, and the Phillies jumped all over. Roy, can you agree that win or loss, win or lose, this is in the top five of individual postseason performances in Philly history? It has to be. It really has to be. I mean, if again, we're gonna we'll do this thought exercise, you know, basically like and half drunk off a of barbecue. But <laughs> if we did, if we did the you know top five postseason performances in playoff in Philadelphia playoff history, um, obviously you know AI in two thousand one, of course, is on that list. Nick Foles. Nick Foles is obviously on that list. Um, I'm trying to think. If Mike Schmidt had. I mean, did he have a great run? Well, who had who had the good run in 2008? I mean, there was. I mean, there was. I Cole, think that, Cole, Cole yeah. won the World Series MVP. So I guess he. Yeah, I guess I don't remember what he did in, before that. But I'm, I'm sure maybe Cole Hamels. Maybe he might have been the best guy of that run. Uh, I'm sure Flyer. Well, you know what, Ron Hextall. Yeah. And I was going to say Ron Hextall in '87 uh, won won the, uh, the the playoffs MVP, even though the Flyers did not win the Cup. Um, I guess the Oilers. So um, again, that's just just off the top of our heads. Some kind of guys who, who have been who've excelled in the playoffs. But Bryce Harper, 2022 run. Bryce Harper is basically. I, I, had, I had two thoughts on on this when I was thinking about this this week. Bryce Harper, just about he's you know no matter almost no matter what he does for the rest of his contract, and this probably goes to like 2029 or whatever. He's almost he's almost goaded in the city for forever. <laughs> And I had this thought, I'm like, you know what? If the Phillies win this World Series, and again, this is not even close to the same level, but every, all the heat that Nick Castellanos got this year for just not being, you know, not doing much offensively, we can all race, or he can race all of that if the Phillies win this World Series, right? Like everybody will just, just, no, no, that. no. I feel like this is a get out of jail free card for every one of these underperforming Phillies because they, because they're for all the, for all the Phillies that have stepped up. And yeah. I think every player has stepped up in their in their own way. There have been a lot of underperforming players in, in, in its entirety. Yeah. Castellanos, Hoskins to a point. Yeah. But I, I mean I, I feel that like like the team has Wheeler, um, Bryce, and Trover to kind of say thanks for taking all the pressure off or thanks for carrying us. Yeah. And and again, kudos, kudos to Alec Bohm again, yeah. who had a, had a terrible start to the season. You know, said he said he hated this place. Um, wound up, I think it was I think he finished ninth in the NL in batting. Um, has been one of the more solid guys, you know, both offensively and defensively, defensively for this team. But Nick Castellanos was butt naked last in fielding, in outfield outfield fielding percentage this yeah. year. Um, in, in I think either in the NL or in Major League Baseball, he's had three amazing catches um, this season. Game one, he had an amazing catch in game one. Uh, the, on the first pitch of game one uh, to kind of start this thing off on the, on the right foot. So, again, like as much as we rip Nick Castellanos, as much as, you know, he'll be always be remembered for that infamous, you know, post-game uh, exchange in the, in the locker room uh, with, with Jim Salisbury. Like, if the Phillies just win this World Series, everybody will remember Nick Castellanos as the guy who made all those catches in, in the World Series run. Um, yeah, no, so, I so. feel like, I don't know, like, it, this really, like, like, I don't know, like, wipes your record clean. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, because I feel like same thing with same thing with Mitch Williams. I, I mean, like, yeah. people forget Mitch Williams had a great 93 season. Great. Now, faltered at the end, like, even during the playoffs and the World Series. But, I, I mean, he had a lot of saves. And he was one of the more important players of that 93 team. But no one remembers. Nope. No one, like, and unfortunately, I think it's – career was kind of over after after that home run yeah but i i feel this is a moment where like a a timely hit a home run even a play can kind of clear any fan's memory of what you did to contribute to that world series yeah so there's definitely some some interesting kind of subplots and side stories on on this world series um a couple other ones we probably should talk about um for those of you who have been following the world series probably the most famous fan on both sides of these of this uh, um, this matchup is a man known as Mattress Mac, who is the CEO of Gallery Furniture in the Houston area. He is worth three hundred million dollars. He is very famous for placing um, extraordinary sports bets, extraordinarily large sports bets, on various uh, different properties. And he, according to reports, the man has seventy-five million dollars riding on the Astros, winning this World Series. And Mattress Mac, as a man who has seventy-five million dollars worth of bets riding on a series. Came to the game, uh, came to Philadelphia for a couple of games uh, uh, this past week. Um, said Philadelphia, uh, well, said he was told that Philadelphia had the worst fans in the uh, in in the country, and we promptly greeted him as such. 
<laughs> in Philadelphia. Uh, he did kind of try to make amends, and he invited four, I'm sorry, nine sets of fans to his uh, luxury box for game four uh, of the series. I guess, I mean, that story itself is, is funny is funny in itself, but I guess my question is, if I'm Mattress Mac, man, and I get it, he's rich, right? He's not $300 million. He owns tons of furniture stores. Like, like the man ain't hurting for money. If I'm like, and I think you might have seen the video, you guys may have seen the video as well, of him in the stands when the Phillies were hitting 7,000 home runs in game three. If I have $75 million riding on the outcome of, you know, the results of four or five games, I'm stressed out, man. I don't know if I'm in public. Like, I don't know if I'm outside. No, but I feel like, I feel at this point, Mattress Mac's like kind of like a wrestling character where like he's yeah, kind of like, yeah. I don't know, like he's a rich man. So like, I don't like, like the attention is probably like, I don't know, a nice little tangible on top of the 300. So like, no, I I, I mean, I feel like he's kind of playing up the crap. Like where like he shows up. I I mean, like he, he's going to lose 75. If he lose 75 million, he's still going to be fine. So I think like relatively, like, I don't know. I, I think if he actually like was stressed out, I don't think you'd see him. But well, I yeah, feel true, like it's true. like I, I I mean this is very just no, I, I feel like this guy is like I don't know, just he's like um a heckler at, a, at an NBA game. Like I don't know, like there are, there are these like secondary sports people that just happen to become famous because of of their situation. Yeah, I feel like Mattress yeah. Match just another one. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. He really because again, like He's had other – I'm trying to think of some of the other bets. But basically, every large sporting – I know he had a bunch of money on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Every large sporting event, he pulls out these, you know, these goofy, large Meek Mill, Floyd Mayweather-style bets, and he loses the most of the time. Um, but you're probably right. Like, if he was really stressed out about that – like, again, he's a you know 300 millionaire, so he's fine. And, again, I don't know how much money he, quote-unquote, loses, but he just doesn't win $75 million off this bet. This isn't like – He's not going to lose seventy five million dollars. Yeah. He won't just you know. I, I, I wonder how much money did he put like how much money do you have to bet in order to be able to win seventy five million dollars on these? Like, is it twenty million? Is it no? And that's like, the thing. Like, does he million? just like, wire the money to like this casino? No, I, I mean there are five million. I, I, there are just a lot of just variables of, of this that, frankly, we can't relate to. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know. Like in true Philly fashion, they like. Someone kind of want like I don't know through 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 the gauntlet to say y'all can't be obnoxious enough to I don't know make mattress Mac go away like he did yeah yeah and and Philadelphia said say less and and did Philadelphia welcome him to Philadelphia as only we can um, there is one other story that we do want to talk about um, we do should we should mention because again we are longtime baseball fans grew up in baseball again baseball was you know our first love growing up Chris and I growing up it was the the kind of the sport that we gravitated to first. Um, and again, the baseball that we see now, again, I sound like the old guy, but the baseball that we see now, it's a lot different than the baseball that we saw and grew up with and loved in the nineties. And even again, in the two, like this baseball is not the same baseball that was played in 2008 and 2009 no, no. and even 2011. No. And, and especially, especially as in the same baseball, when you look at the composition of both teams, this is the first world series in again recent history obviously you know before jackie robinson things were different but in first baseball world series in recent history neither team has one has a single black player american-born black player on either the astros or the phillies again the first time in probably 50 or 60 years i don't have the exact date um i actually looked at the 40-man rosters there's only one 40 black player on either 40-man roster uh, the, the Astros have a pitcher named Josh James, but he was hurt all year, so he missed the entire season, so he didn't play all year. So neither the Astros or the Phillies have a player, an active player, on either of their 40-man men rosters. I don't know what this says about the composition of baseball going forward, but, I mean, like, the, obviously, clearly, baseball needs to do something to kind of, uh, you know, figure something out and kind of get black players. I, I mean, boy, isn't this kind of, I don't know, um, like – um parallel to the to the overall interest in baseball I, I mean if you're not drawing in an entire segment of athlete yeah. to, to your sport I feel that has to have a trickle down effect I, I mean if you don't have if, if you don't have like black people playing your sport why are they going to be why why would they watch your sport right no I I don't have an answer for no I, I, and I, I feel that like that's where even though I feel baseball's done a great job of kind of, it, like, I don't know, like, 
manifest, like, I don't know, enhancing their Latin America and, like, I don't know, that population, there's still a lot of, like, I don't know, like, segments of people that really don't watch baseball unless, yeah. I mean, unless their teams are, like, I, I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't see, I don't see many Asian people in, in the, the Stanton Citizens Bank Park. No. No, not a lot of Asian people, not a lot, not a lot of black people. Um, again, in the stands watching these games. And again, if you if you're a team, if you're a sport that, you know the the um, probably like the median person watching these games is probably late fifties, early sixties. If you're you know your sport and is, Caucasian, yeah, and Caucasian. I'm saying if your sport is aging and 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 Caucasian, and again getting you know getting older, and, and that's your that's your core audience. Uh, you probably want to do something with your on-field product to kind of you know, attract younger fans. I mean, you see a guy again. We kind of trot him out all the time because he's the guy that's out, you know always out there. But you see a guy like Tim Anderson, who would who you'd think would be you know one of the guys who would be you know a possible quote unquote face of the sport. You never see Tim Anderson. Mookie Betts is probably one of the best players in the world, if yeah. not the best player in in baseball. Never talk about that dude. And this dude's a thirty thirty guy like every year. Never talk about Mookie Betts. Like like again. I, I know, we, like we rip Rob Manfred for just being a terrible promoter like, overall. But again, if you want to like get a younger fan base, why don't you promote some of your younger, your your black well, stars? Well, well, no, I think the promotion of athletes, I think it's just I don't even, I don't even think that's a race thing. I just yeah, think that's a yeah. that that's a we don't no. But I feel this goes back to the doubling down on your core fan base, the older generation, where they like like. They, you, you don't want to upset them and say, "Oh, you're promoting individual individualism. It's all about the team." At some point, you got to cut the cord, like, yeah. I, I, or not cut the cord. Right. Pro- progressively move along and say, "You know what? If we lose y'all, I'm I'm sorry." It's like, cool. Because right. I feel like that's and at some point, baseball is going to have this. Like I don't know where right now. I, I mean, does anyone really out of like outside of Houston and Philadelphia care about this World Series? No, no. Baseball is very regional. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you if you went to Kansas City today, if you went to shoot, if you went to Dallas today, I mean, like you probably don't have to go too far out of Houston or too far out of Philadelphia. If you went to New York today and said, "Hey, hey you guys care about this this Philadelphia Phillies Houston Nationals World Series?" Like nine out of ten people will probably tell you no. Yeah, no. I, I feel like is is the interest in these cities pretty pretty intense? Yes, mm. but like I don't know. But this is not. You don't like you don't want to go from a national sport to a regional sport. That's yeah. that's going backwards. And yeah. that's what I've been saying about baseball for the last 10 years. It's everything about the game, whether it's the promotion of the players, the quality of the game. Right. And like I don't know, the emphasis on like the emphasis is that should not <laughs> like that should not dictate how a sport is played. It should right. improve it. But I, I mean I just feel like everything that happens with baseball just I don't know. It, it doesn't spring forward thinking. No, it absolutely doesn't. And like we said, the, the interest in Houston and Philadelphia is, is you know, is high for uh, Astros Phillies. It's also high for Texans Eagles. Well, at least high on the Eagles side. Texans Eagles Thursday night football. This is the Eagles Thursday night football game. I guess it's right. I assume it's the Texans only Thursday night football game of, of the year as well. Eagles, of course, Coming into this game undefeated, uh, the favorite. I've seen the line jump a little bit. I think the last I saw, the Eagles were favored by 13 and a half uh, before the game over the Texans. Uh, but, but before we talk about that game, we do need to talk about last week's game against the Steelers. Steelers, uh, Eagles packed the Steelers up expeditiously. They did their job, 35 to 13. Uh, actually, before we get into anything, I'm sure we'll talk about this guy in a second. But Hand out the game balls. Give me the two game balls. Who gets the who get the game balls from the Eagles Steelers game? There are only two game balls, and the game balls belong to the quarterback and the receiver. Ah. I just don't know like which one you give out first. Like it's like <laughs> the I, I don't want to. I'm gonna get this finger speed wrong. Do I put the cart before the A? Cart before the horse. Oh, cart before the horse. Cart before the horse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, either way, I think AJ Brown has. I'm not gonna speak out of turn, but arguably one of the five biggest or like most successful free agents or no, I'll say off season transactions in Philadelphia in the last 10 years. Ooh, I like it. I, I feel like, I don't know. He is, he is far exceeded any expectations I had of him. I just, and, and, and I mean like Jalen Hurts, like, I don't know. I, I, I does, did the acquisition of AJ, AJ Brown kind of speed up Jalen Hurts's I don't know, evolution. Yes. But the dude is just playing at – he's playing at MVP level. And 
I am happy to eat crow on this. And I, I think now I feel like I feel like these thoughts are in my head and then become public very like very very quickly afterwards. Is now people are starting to notice because with the turnover differential, mm-hmm. this quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. Correct. And at the expense of not being aggressive. Because a lot of times when you are not turning the ball over, you're not throwing the ball deep, you're not you're not running your stuff. But they are. He's still right. Like I, I mean, he's, I mean, he's running the ball at a, a, you know, I think he's running the ball at a lesser pace than I thought. Because, mm-hmm. but one, I, I think it's not because he doesn't want to. I feel like he's operating in the pocket. I, I Roy, he's operating in the pocket a lot more than I thought he would. Yeah, I think we got all a little concerned with that Detroit game. Yeah. Um, just because like the offensive line had their issues, and he kind of like. And there were some times in that Detroit game he bailed out early. That, that's cool. Yeah. And we thought it was like, all right, you know, this dude's going to run the ball 15 times a game, and that's not sustainable. And that, we, I, I said it. I think you probably said it. I, th- yes. I, think, yes. I, think, I, think, I think we fell into that trap. Now we're at that good balance where it's like, okay, he's in the pocket. He's operating in the pocket. He runs when he has to, and he runs – well, he runs when he has to, and he runs when he needs to. Um, again, he, he doesn't kind of bail out of the pocket. He doesn't need to because the offensive line has been very good. What, Roy, despite, yeah. Roy, what is one thing – that has significantly surprised you about Jalen Hurts this season. Well, I was going to get to that in a sec. Actually, I'll get to it now. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll get to it now. Uh, <clears throat> I'll say this about Jalen Hurts, especially especially with the two or two or two of the three touchdown passes to AJ AJ Brown. That ball placement's a lot better than it was last year. Like he's thrown the ball, he is throwing the ball to a spot. He's thrown the ball to a spot where his guy can get it and no one else can get it. And that's and that's the part of the evolution of of, of being the term. Uh, the term is drop it in the bucket. Yes. And yes. I've said a, and and I'll say I did not think that Jalen Hurts could consistently throw a deep ball in the bucket. I, I mean, like it's easy to throw an intermediate ball over right. but he is still like. And I, I feel like I don't have the stats in front of me. They have to lead the league in explosive plays. And one on top of that, everything is just. Like, I don't know. And the, every stat, every game you watch feeds into the fact that the Eagles are a very good team. They don't turn a ball over. They cause turnovers. Right. They create explosive plays. Right. At the chagrin, much to the chagrin of everyone, they don't give up big plays right. because they're sitting in zone half the time. And I know that like that just grates at, at fans. But what would you rather – if you're not dying from those cuts – if you can get a band-aid after like like a three paper cuts, then what's the problem? No, well, there is no problem. <laughs> all right, all right, because every time every week I see Jonathan Gannon is terrible, the soft zone is terrible, but no, I, I feel like and, and I feel like that's that is I, I think we've we've determined in the year and a half that Jonathan Gannon has been the defensive coordinator. He is not going to get beat by the big play. Well, well you, that, that's correct. But see, the problem last year is that the Eagles, they'd have a decent drive on offense, they'd score a touchdown, and then they would come right back on defense, and the offense, the other team's offense would just pick, pick, pick down the field, and then eventually score. Yeah. That's not happening this year. No, I feel that more, like, this year in, set, in two months, more than the last, I'd say, three seasons, they have played – Com- very good, timely, complimentary ball. Like, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, you'll give up, you'll score a touchdown, and you might give up a field goal. Here, like, I don't know. They're just, like, they're getting stops when they need to get right, stops. Like, right. when, like, they're not letting the bleeding just come out. Like, right. I don't know. Usually, like, I don't know. Like, the la- like I-, I feel that their third quarter woes, when it's starting to get rough, they put a gauze on it, yeah. and the gauze is the running game. Like I know, I feel like I don't know. That's Roy. Has there been a game that you don't feel they've been in control of? I've I've never even even the the Minnesota game, the Detroit game. There's never been a time this season where I was more than mildly concerned. That was, I know he was might lose the game. I have not like. It is wild to say. I don't think I've even been mildly like. No. I don't have. If you gave me a, well, I mean, we can't do mid because it's seventeen games. Yeah, it's all weird. Yeah, yeah, but after after seven games, I don't know what the chief concern is. It, it was the pass rush, but I, I mean, I feel like the one thing I f- feel like 
if you have the Super Bowl in mind, if, if you have a deep playoff run in mind, I feel that maybe the pass rush can be better. Like, because I feel like they don't have, I don't know. The eye test tells me you don't have that, that scary pass rush. Do they have a consistent pass rush? Yes. Do they have kind of a streaky pass rush? Yes. Right. But is it the pass rush when all the chips are down, third and nine, in the third quarter against Dallas? Can you rely on one of these guys, whether it's Robert Quinn, uh, Hassan Reddick? Hassan Reddick, who just looks explosive. But I don't see, but I don't know if, if we say, yeah, yeah, he going to get to the quarterback. Well, they, they got to the quarterback a bunch on, on Sunday against the Steelers. They had six sacks. Uh, two of those six were by Javon Hargrave. I apologize, Javon Hargrave. I had you off the team 17,000 17, times in my mind the last few weeks. You might need to stick around because you've been pretty good. Um, uh, no, Roy, <laughs> I think I could say this. I think that's the best game a defensive defensive lineman has had. Or I, I'd say a front center. I was here, well, well, I don't know. The, 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 the Hassan Reddick uh, game, his breakout game. When he had the yeah, two, yeah, the yeah. Two, the two. No, yeah, no. I, no, I, I feel, but I feel that, like, I don't know, those – Break out individual games, even though even though the team has been good, you haven't had those standout plays from the front seven. You've had it from right. the secondary. I right. mean, you've had a few games where the secondary, whether it's uh, Gardner Johnson or Slay, they've stepped out or, or Bradbury every week. But I feel like you're going to need. Can you trust that one of these guys is going to have one of these games more often than not? Well, I mean, if I look at the schedule, I think the opportunity is there for these guys, but. That being said, again, it's going to be a little bit harder to have those games with Jordan Davis now on the IR uh, with a high ankle sprain injury. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. Well, he's on the IR, so he's going to miss at least four weeks. Uh, but, again, Robert Quinn is in the fold. I think he played 20 snaps. But to be honest, Roy, I feel like that's the best-case scenario that you could have asked because, I, I mean, when a, when a guy like Jordan Davis gets carted off, you're, you're, you're expecting the worst. Right. And for him, six weeks, I, I mean, like, you still get – a few games of him in the regular season to kind of get in the in, in the in the shape, right. and then you got the playoffs. I mean, for me, I don't know. Maybe after Thanksgiving, it's playoffs. Like it's it like I'll, everything is focused on the playoffs for me after Thanksgiving. Um, again, just for those who don't know, the stats from last week: Jalen Hurts two eighty five and four touchdowns. Three of those touchdowns were AJ. Three of those touchdowns were to AJ Brown, who had one hundred and fifty six yards. Could have had that fourth. He got tripped up at the end. You didn't mention the running game. I do want to mention the Eagles had one running one play in the red zone in the game against the Steelers because again, all those other plays were explosive plays. That one red zone play was a touchdown <laughs> by Miles Sanders. You mentioned the running game. Here are some of his, some quotes about a certain player on the Eagles running in the running back room. You can guess the player when I when I say these quotes. Quote: He's hungry. He wants it. You want to fight for guys like that. Quote. He's been locked in, quote, he's really picked it up this year, playing with more confidence. So you can probably guess what money back that's about. I don't know. So what you're saying, he wasn't playing with confidence before. More confidence. Okay. okay. More confidence. He's he, he's hungry. He wants it. Even though they tried to trade for Pittsburgh Catholic. Hungrier. And probably not he Himes and people. No, this is it. I, I mean, like, you're rolling with Miles, Boston Scott, who, like, I, I mean, What's crazy is I'm seeing less and less of backups every week. Yeah, no, like you're 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 getting like you're, you're either getting Miles Sanders or you're getting Jalen Hurts or like I mean yeah. like you are like I mean like I'll say Kenneth Gable hasn't stepped up where yeah. I think I think there is a role for him. I think because he's a very downhill like right. he's not looking for a hole. He's like he's hitting it straight. Same with Boston Scott. I like I think he's a one cut guy. Yeah, but I, I mean like. He, if this line is so great, they should be making plays when they make plays. But hey, whether they're not in rhythm or they're not getting enough, it's not happening. They're, so, not, they're not as hungry as the guys. So Miles Sanders has won that. Like, he has earned my – I mean, not my – No, he didn't have no, earned your respect. No, 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 no. He needs the – like, I don't know, like, not, like, bounce at every, every five fronts <laughs> of the outside. You got to let this go. I know, no. You got to let this go. No, but, I mean, I feel confident enough that, like, even with the trade line – trade deadline they got Quinn this roster is good enough and talented enough and I, I mean I don't think enough like credits going to the coaches man like I mean like I know like I don't know like like he, he likes to be the pandering king 
But man, Nick Sirianni in the year and a half, he has turned like he has built. Hate to use the C word, a culture where like I don't mm-hmm. know, like I feel like players can like I, like players are thriving in this. Like guys that veterans that look like they were kind of on the tail end. Yeah. They kind of I won't say they've had a second coming, but I mean I think there's a little more in the tank than I thought for guys like Fletch, Brandon Graham. Like I don't know. Like I, I feel like he's mixed in like I don't know, the old the OGs plus the like plus the new garden. I, I mean I can't say that without Gary Pop to the guy. Howard. Yeah, no, no, like the young guys, and you can see like the emergence of the of the young guys as leaders, but they're not kind of overshadowing yeah. the old guys. It's still, it, it's still as much as like, I don't know, like Jalen Hurts feels like the face of the team. I feel like the heart and soul of this team is still Jason Kelsey right. and Brandon Graham. Right. Right. And like nothing, like if you had a tribunal, nothing's like getting past without the, their blessings. And it doesn't hurt that you're seven and oh. I mean, yeah. seven and oh, like if you were, again, if you were like the Texans one, five and one, It'd be a little bit different story with the culture because col- winning winning breeds a very yeah. good, very good culture. Um, but speaking of one five and one, that's the Texans' record. A few hours before this game, uh, Eagles favored by roughly two touchdowns. The Texans sands their top two wide receivers uh, uh, before the game. No Brandon Cooks, no Nico Collins. So you will get OJ Howard on his 18th team. Um, it's probably going to be the best receiver for the Texans uh, this week. Uh, the Texans play hard. They're not. No. They're really talented, but they play hard. I mean, they, they you know they're in most games. Yeah, no, um, I feel that like I don't know, like you'll get the usual like being at home kind of I don't know momentum, and then after the first Eagles touchdown, that gets sucked out. No, right. I I feel like this is for for being on a short week. This is the best team you could possibly play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like da- like Damian Cooks is. I mean, Damian Damian, Damian Pierce is good. I mean, like the Eagles have issues probably stopping the run or whatever like that. Derrick Henry had um, 200. I mean, I know he's Derrick Henry, but he had like 200 yards from the quarter. This is a game you should just like, just combined with like, I don't know, the time, the lack of preparation, just stick to, the, just stick to what you do best. Just run the, like, I don't know, this ball. should be, and I feel that's what makes this Eagles team so dangerous is they can do, they can win games multiple, multiple ways. They can either air it out. Or they can grind you out, or they can cause turnovers. I feel like no, this is a game where you would hope that your that your run game and your defense gets the Davis Mills. Like you know, and, and then like I don't know, then you have that long, you have that long, like I don't know, break between the the, the following game to kind of get help to just rest. Yeah, no, no. Again, like you said, this is the perfect team. We're gonna face any team in the in the NFL, um, you know, on a short week. Again, it's gonna be like the Texans. Uh, is a team you do want to face. I think we both think they're going to win, but I guess the question is, do you think the Eagles cover? By 10? Well, the nut line's 13, 13 and a half. 14? No, they're not covering. The Texans got smashed last week. I I feel this is very backdoor cover-esque. I okay. feel like I feel they're I feel like they're going to I feel it's going to be 31 31-20 with a late Ooh. with a late Davis Mills fluky, I don't know, like like prevent defense touchdown. I feel they'll they'll be in control most of the game, but I feel like just I, I mean like the Eagles, I feel if they're in control, they're gonna take the play, they're gonna take the starters out. Yeah, I mean, because again, we saw what happened last week when they took the starters out against the Steelers. Uh I I don't I guess the Texans. I don't know. I, I, I just like I, the, again. The Texans play hard. They just don't have a whole lot of offense. But can they score a couple of times? Can they score enough to to kind of keep it close to four? You know, no. Nah, Eagles. Don't <laughs> I don't care. I'll throw thirty four. Nah, thirty to thirteen. I think the Eagles win. Um, again, I, I think I don't think they have too much chance. Too much of a um, a problem with the Texans. Hopefully, Eagles five and zero all time against the Texans. So hopefully, they they run that number six and zero. Um, I still remember that last game that they played. They played in what was 20, the last one? They played in 20 because I was at the game. Oh, okay. um, they played the year after the Super Bowl. It was the it was at the end of the season when Fultz kind of went on a run. He threw this com- incredible touchdown to Darren Sproles. No, I, I mean like it like it, it, it was a, it was a really good game. It was at home. All right, I got I don't remember that game offhand, but I, I, I got to think that the Eagles will run their record to six and zero against the Texans. Um, and then who did they play the uh, the, the following? The Commanders, I think. 
Uh, it might be the Commanders. Let me let me check it real quick. I'm not sure who it is the following week. Um, speaking of the Commanders, though, the Snyders, Dan Snyder's family, um, has hired a bank to to, <laughs> to explore the possibility of selling the Commanders. How great! Seems- how 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 does that scream Irish when you hire a bank to do something? Well, I think it's like yo, it's like yeah, you got to hire somebody to kind of feed all. Yeah, it's the Commanders. Oh, Monday night, by the way. Um, yeah, you gotta hire yourself. Wow, extra, so, extra. So money. you got a long, extra so you long got break. a long rest. Extra long break. E- excellent work out of the uh, the 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 staff of the the schedule folks by the NFL, giving the Eagles an extra long break for the uh, Taylor Heineke and the and the and the Commanders. Uh, but yeah, no, a possibility of the Commanders. Obviously, there's some some dirty dirt dirt on on Daniel Snyder that no one wants to come. Well, Dan, Dan doesn't want to come out. Jim Irsay really doesn't care mm-hmm. whether or not that dirt comes out. So very interesting to see that that Dan Snyder. One of the stalwarts of uh, NFL ownerdom for the last 30 plus years. Um, looks like he's going to be out the paint very soon. Bunch of news in the NFL. Uh, trade deadline was busier than than usual. Um, some of the bigger deals: Christian McCaffrey to the Niners, Roquan Smith to the Ravens, T.J. Hawkinson to the Vikings, Claypool Chase Claypool to the Bears, uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, Naheem Hines to the Bills. Any one of those stand out to you? Um, I guess Chubb to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know, like. At, like I feel like after because I think we ask ourselves this question every week. After the trade deadline, who is the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? That's a good question. Is it still the Cowboys? Well, ooh, that's a good question. The Cowboys, I think the Cowboys. Well, obviously the Cowboys' offense is a lot better. We saw um, with Dak back and with the man who just basically stole Zeke's job um, now, <laughs> Tony Pollard, um, of just you know running for three touchdowns last mm-hmm. week. Now you have a quarterback and can get the ball to Michael Gallup, who has been sitting on my fantasy bench being trash. <laughs> so now they have two competent wide receivers. They have a competent and a half running back. You have a really good quarterback in, in Zeke. But the Vikings got better with TJ Hawkinson. I mean, like that, that offensive, we had this debate, you know, who has the better skill position players, the Vikings or the Eagles. I don't know now. It's really I, yeah, close. I just don't trust Kirk Cousins in a big situation, even though, like, I keep forgetting, he beat New Orleans on the road in the playoffs. But I think that – I think not even the narrative. I think there's enough data yeah. to say Kirk Cousins isn't really a clutch player. So, like, do you trust Kirk Cousins on the road in January against the Eagles? I don't. I don't. No. I if you asked me, the teams who I would put as the biggest threats to the Eagles are Dallas, San Francisco, and and the Vikings, because I feel like with the with the arrival of Christian McCaffrey. I, I feel like, I, I mean, they got too much talent not to be, like, a threat. I, I mean, and for all his warts, Jimmy G's pretty good in the playoffs. I, I mean, like, and people can say, oh, his defense here. He's the quarterback of the team, okay? What, what do you want from him? If you have Jimmy G and Christian McCaffrey, and I know he's been hurt. And Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. Um, you, anybody, Cooper Rush, I, I mean, Cooper Rush. I, I mean, I think you, like, now would you take the – would you take the 49ers skill players over the Eagles? Absolutely not. Okay. No, 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 no. no, would, no. Would you, so would you take the Niners over the Vikings? No, no, no. I think the Eagles and I think the Eagles and Vikings are one and one AA. Okay. Like I think it's really close. This feels like uh, this feels like an, an eternity compared to the um J Jaw um Greg Ward days. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Dale Rager days too. Yeah, don't and by the way, J Jaw just released uh this past week off the practice squad um in Seattle. So, <laughs> so prayers up to the homie J Jaw. Um, we got a few minutes left in this segment. I do want to talk about the Sixers, sadly. Sixers four and five, um, which none of us expected at the beginning of the season. They lost uh, to the Washington Wizards the other night. Um, Sans Joel Embiid, who has missed the last couple of games with a non-COVID-related illness. But now they will also be without James Harden for the better part of a month with a tendon sprain. In Is there just, foot. like, I don't know. I hate, I hate to use this word. I hate it. Are the vibes off with this team? Vibes are not immaculate. <laughs> no, I, I feel like, Usually, like, I don't know, and I don't like at the beginning of the season, when you have a clean slate and you already have to deal with this much stuff, mm-hmm. usually, like, I don't know, it takes a while. Like, like the Nets are doing. Like, I don't know, you should not be dealing, the Lakers are doing, other Correct. than the fact they have a hundred out. Correct. But when you have to deal, and I, I honestly think to a point, the Warriors, like, I, I mean, like, yeah, they've got to, some... to kind of, like, I don't know. The Clippers try, are the Clippers. Are yeah, trying <laughs> to get through a season is just, stri- like, mentally and physically taxing. When you've got extracurricular stuff on top of that and injuries, I, I feel like, I don't know, like I feel a lot of these teams are kind of not disqualifying themselves, but I feel like in the end, 
these teams run out of gas or like, I don't know, something gets, a flaw gets exposed. And I think with the Sixers, I think, I think they double down on old guys again. I, I feel like, I don't know, there's just, I, I, I've, I've had this in my brain bank and I, and I want to say it not sound stupid. I feel like every year the Sixers just overreact to like a deficiency from the year. Like we're like, they can't just say, yo, let's get a, let's get a couple dudes and like help. Like, I don't know. and then, but not ignore shot creation and scoring. Right. No, let's just, let's just sign a bunch of dogs. But can those dogs score? Then that's, that's the problem. Because with the James Harden out, like you are missing 25 points a game. You're missing 10 assists a game. You're missing, you know, decent amount of rebounds, but you're missing a ton of shot creation. God bless Tyrese Maxey. And Tyrese Maxey is a fantastic player, averaging 24 points a game. We've said it from the time he got drafted, from the time he's now. Tyrese Maxey, great player, not a natural shot creator for others. Like he's no. not like he's not a playmaker for others. Like he's not gonna he's not going to get George Niang the shots that James Harden. I feel get. he's very Dame like. Yeah, that's probably you know, yeah, I like that. I like that. He's very Dame like. Dame because because Dame and, and I think and to be honest, I feel that's always been a lot of the the trailblazer issues because they've never been able to get their secondary dudes. It's always it was always Dame and CJ. Right. Where like you need to create shots for others. Right. And I feel well, one, I don't well, how many guys can are capable. I feel I've said this many times in, in past Sixers teams. What guys can you trust to score 20? I mean, there's not a lot of guys on this team. I mean, Anthony Melton, I'm saying maybe. Anthony Melton can kind of get hot and maybe get you 20, but like he's probably going to be the, the next guy up. Does Danny get you, House get, get, you get you 20? No. Uh, I mean, he could, but I mean. No, I, I, and I feel this is another where <clears throat> they just, they just run out of something essential like they don't like with addressing something they over address an issue where they really should just stop looking at like to see what the heck does your team need now i need to i'm very curious because obviously i assume they'll slide melton into the starting lineup i'm curious as who's going to carry kind of carry the scoring load going forward because again you have joel Embiid who's already missed three games this year with various things and who's also who's also working his way back right so i i mean like no this but once again just everything, and on top of, like, I don't know, when your coach is, like, the leader in the club has to get fired. Like, I, I mean, that's not that's not a good thing. No. I feel like, I don't know, just, just too many too many external things kind of, or like, bad juju around the Sixers, and I don't like it. And the Sixers, that bad juju, of course, made it all the, made its way all the way to uh, Park Avenue because they got taken away, two, two, two draft picks taken away, the 2023 – and 2024 for tampering for, for tampering for pj tucker yeah pj tucker daniel house uh you they talked to them too early and i go it's, it's two second round picks so at the end of the day i don't but, care like, i don't know I don't like but, but, but wouldn't you want but, to tamper for someone like i don't know yeah like you're gonna if you're gonna do that then like if you said like yo this is for getting james harden to take that discount then i'm like all right that's fine like that's a that's a better use of that of the of, of the tampering penalty but pj tucker daniel house like can we like tamper with somebody a little bit better? And and, and and I think just to close the Sixers, like yeah. just the the concern about playing PJ Tucker thirty minutes a game in in October, no. like these, like he, no, and that was the that's the Achilles heel of the team doubling down on on guys that didn't have the same role at their previous stop. PJ Tucker was not playing thirty minutes with Miami. He sure wasn't playing thirty minutes with. The box. Right. They basically said, "PJ, we have such a solid team. We have Middleton. We have they didn't have Drew. That like they're they're saying, yo, oh no, they did have Drew. They're no, Drew. no, yeah. they're saying, yo, we're gonna keep you on ice. We're gonna we're gonna play you, but we're not gonna we're not gonna attack you. Right. So yo, do your vet thing and just like I don't know, like see you in April. There's no see you in April. There's yo, PJ, you're playing 35 minutes." Because the two best players are hurt. Right. Yeah. Like with Joel Embiid missing games now with James Harden missing games, like there's not going to be any time for PJ Tucker to to miss time to to not be able to play 35 minutes a night, um, which doesn't bode well kind of going forward uh for the Sixers. So yeah, it's you know, I'll I'll say this for the Sixers. If you're gonna have these issues, have them in October and November rather than have them in March and April. But that being said, again, like you said, there's a lot of bad vibes, bad juju around the Sixers right now. Hopefully there's some good juju around the Eagles and the Phillies. Um, again, they have two big games tonight um, as we record this. We're actually going to end this segment here. Um, after this, we're going to have another segment where we're going to recap both of those games. And hopefully, we'll be able to talk about a couple of wins. You're listening to the Broad Street Line 
on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. And we are back after the events, the unfortunate in some aspects events of this past Thursday. Uh, the Philadelphia uh, squad went 1-1 against the Houston squads mm-hmm. this weekend, uh, this, this past Thursday, uh, obviously, you know, for, for reg- obvious reasons. The one that we wanted to get on Thursday, if we could only get one, the one that we wanted to get on Thursday, we did not. The Philadelphia Phillies fell to the Houston Astros uh, in game six of the World Series, 3-2. to two. Um, Didn't get off to a good start for the Phillies. Uh, um, Pena had the had his I think his fourth home run of the postseason in, in the first inning. Jumped on uh, Noah Syndergaard early in the Phillies bullpen game, but Kyle Schwarber tied it up in the bottom of the first, so it was one to one. But after that, the Phillies didn't couldn't muster too much on offense until late in the game. Um, again, a bunch of amazing plays mm-hmm. in, in the game. Obviously, the most amazing play is uh, the the catch in the ninth by was it Chaz McCormick? Yes, the the, the Westchester West zone. Yeah, Westchester zone. Chaz McCormick saving the game for the Astros. literally literally. literally. <laughs> Saving the game for the Astros, at throwing the wall. his body into the wall. I, I mean, like, like that, like that was one of those. Like, I don't know, like you needed to do that. Like, I don't know, it wasn't one of those extracurricular jumping be just because. Right. Like, I don't know, he he threw himself into that wall to make that catch. So it was a pretty amazing catch. Yeah, Chas McCormick sa- saves the game in the, in the ninth inning. Uh, the Phillies again lose to the Astros, three to two. Head back to Houston. Down three to two for Game Six uh, Saturday tonight, as as you hear this uh, for the first time on Philly Cam Radio. Um, I'm sorry, Pena's four, home run came in the fourth. He had the, had the RBI in the first, but um, so the Phillies down three to two again. Uh, the heart of the order of guys, the heart of the order of guys not named Bryce Harper not coming through again. Um, again, 0 for five for Reese Hoskins, 0 for five for JT Realmuto, 0 for four with Nick Castellanos. And people are ripping Nick Castellanos for you know his, his at bat at the end, but I mean. Nick Castellanos, all, all three of those guys just had a terrible game at the plate um, yesterday and in game mm-hmm. and in game uh, f- uh, four as well. Um, so first of all, I, we should say kudos to Justin Verlander for finally getting his first World <laughs> Series win of his life, which sounds a little weird. Um, I said this to you before. I think I might have said this on the air. I don't know if the Phillies are, are going to be able to win two in Houston. Yeah. So last night to me felt like a, a must-win game. Yeah. No. Um, no. Like I, I mean, like the odds are not in favor of the Phillies getting to on the road against a pretty good Astros team. But I, I mean, like, I don't think it's impossible. It's not likely that, that they pull this off. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think what you're seeing now is just the, the downside of going all in on the bashers where yeah. they really don't have a way of manufacturing runs other than with extra base hits. And this is what happens. Yeah. No, and, Fortunately for the Phillies, you do have, you know, one of your better, maybe your best pitcher going uh, on Saturday, uh, Zach Wheeler, with the extra day of rest, um, thanks to the rain out and the whole schedule moving and things like that, um, going on Saturday. But he's, he's, a little, he's a little nicked up, banged up, fatigued up, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not 100%, Zach Wheeler. But again, if you're going to, if you're, if you're, if you're faced with a, a do or die situation, like the best pitcher on your roster is going for you in game six. I don't know who's pitching for the Astros. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen who's pitching for the Astros. But yeah, but, uh, so hopefully the Phillies can kind of take care of business this weekend. Uh, the team that did take care of business uh, this past week is the Philadelphia Eagles. Got a little hairy, got a little tenuous mm-hmm. a little bit uh, down down um, in NRG uh, Stadium uh, this past Thursday. Uh, my co-host here was, was was a little bit concerned that the Eagles weren't, weren't going to be able to blow out the Texans enough for us to leave early. Mm-hmm. But, but fortunately it happened. But again, this was a 14-14 game and a half. I don't think most people expected that. No, I think – no, I think we can <laughs> – say unequivocally that the first half of that Texans game was the worst half the Eagles have played all season on both sides of the ball. Um, like, I think like it, it was a very uneven game for, for pretty much everyone. Like, I, I don't know. Like I wouldn't say anyone like other absent Dallas Goddard and maybe like Jalen hurts right. had a great game. Like I, like, I don't even think Jalen had a great game, but I feel like, but I, I think this is what you do in, in slogs of a game on on short notice against a bad team, you just kind of like get yourself off the mat. I, I, I mean, it's not like they, they got knocked out by the Texans. They right. were just a little, they, they got a couple body shots in, but I think the, the good trend coming out of the last few weeks is they've remedied their second half woes. Yeah. So I, I mean like, and to be when they needed a drive, they got a drive in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. The, the Eagles, again, the Eagles have been good this year. 
when, when they needed a drive, you know, they had the drive to kind of put the game away, to put the game on ice and kind of just take all the air out, out of the other team. I should have asked you this off the top. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. You mentioned a couple other guys. Who gets the two game balls from, from last night's game? I'll say um, Dallas Goddard gets the big game ball. And I think another game ball goes to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I, I mean, I, I feel his interception kind of started, like, I don't know, changed the momentum of the game. And, like, I don't know, that's what – I think that's what this team is kind of, like, I don't know, kind of priding itself on. Or, like, I don't know, like, these turnovers, and I think we haven't experienced this for years, years, is these turnovers are very, like, I don't know, change the tide of a game in, yeah. like, in, in, in an instance. And – that Gardner Johnson play, like I don't know, they they scored a touchdown right afterwards. So yeah. I, I mean, I I think that that might have been the game. Yeah, the Char Charles Gardner Johnson had a big interception um in the second half that led to probably the, the TD that well definitely the TD that that put the game away for the Eagles. This is this is his fifth interception, is a career high for him, and it's uh, what four straight games with, with interception, correct? Yes, for, for CJ. Um, yeah, so huge game out of him. Um, also a huge game out of uh, Javon Hargraves, three sacks. Um, on on Thursday, he was the only only player to record a sack for the Philadelphia Eagles. Got in there, broke open, it, broke down, the, broke down the wall, Mister uh, Mister Hargrave. But Dallas Goddard, eight catches, 100 yards, touchdown. Again, when they needed a big play, Dallas Goddard made that play. Jalen Hurts, Chris said, didn't have a great game, but again, didn't have a bad game. 20, 21 and 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Um, did have a fumble. Um, and but but kudos to Jalen Hurts because he got, he got blasted on another play yeah. like, like close to the end zone. He did, and he and anybody else would have fumbled the yeah. ball in in that instance uh, when when Lane Johnson um, wasn't able to block the guy off the uh, the left side. But kudos to uh, for Jalen Hurts for holding on to the ball. Shout out to Miles Sanders, <laughs> ninety three yards, a touchdown, five and a half yards rushing. I don't know what, what more you want out of that. Man. I don't. I know, like I don't think I, I, I think I can uh, take my foe, um, Miles Sanders, hate um, to the side now. No, like, I, I mean, like, like when they asked them to like tote the rock, they did, and like, I, like in an uneven game, when you're kind of like I don't know, need some stability, they always can rely, they they always can lean on that run game, and and that's and that's huge, and, and Miles has a big part in that. And and the run game is, you know, I think we can agree it's probably the strongest aspect, whether it's Miles Sanders or whether it's Jalen Hurts. Um, it's probably the, the strongest aspect of this Eagles team. The weakest aspect of this Eagles team, obviously, we all know what it is, that front four um, giving you issues. I didn't know they were going to miss Jordan Davis that much, but God, God bless them because they were getting gashed by that, by that Texans running game. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, I think that this is a legit – this is a legit concern going forward, and I'll, I'll keep saying it every week. The pass rush is not is, – is, is not timely. I, I, no. I mean, they get a lot of – they get a lot of in-lead sacks, which – I, I mean, I feel that's like, I, I don't know, like, pad, I feel it's stat padding because, like, I don't know, like, the stats, the stats that matter are the ones when you're, like, I don't know, need that momentum shift. It's not when you need to keep keep the momentum. Right. And I feel that so far they don't have they don't have a guy that can answer the bell. I, I mean, Robert Quinn wasn't even at school yesterday, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I, I mean, like, he didn't get many snaps. So, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it really is, like, I don't know, just the – like, I don't know, for the rest of the season, you got to watch that defense. <laughs> yeah, we you know we saw Marvin Marvin Wilson get a lot of the snaps um, at D-tackle. Um, didn't see him do too much positive <laughs> when he was out there. I saw Milton Williams out there a little bit, but, again, didn't hear his name called a lot. Um, no, it's concerning. And, I mean, the, the trade deadline's over, so nobody's going to come in and, and save you. But it's a little concerning that – No, I feel the trade deadline's going to be when Jordan Davis comes back in six weeks. Yeah, no, yeah. So, prayers up to Jordan Davis. Um, hopefully he'll get healthy. Um, on the on the earlier side of the four to six week time frame that we heard about with with high size sprain, but again the Eagles eight and zero heading into a extended break. Their next game is this Monday or next Monday, I should say, um, the fourteenth against the Commanders. Is that game here? Yeah, the game here. The game the games at um, Lincoln Financial Field against the Commanders. So again, Eagles ten complete off days um, to kind of rest up and get healthy and get ready for that game. But still, they have a lot of stuff they need to clean up on their end. But Again, we just wanted to kind of give you the pre and post mm -hmm. uh, games recap of the Eagles and the Phillies. So hopefully next week when we're back here on Philly Cam Radio, one hundred six, we'll be celebrating a World time, Series. We'll be celebrating a World Series victory. Hopefully we will have that in our pocket. But until then, we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys.
Get your furnace checked and cleaned before a deep freeze. Fix-It 24-7 has a great deal for new customers. They'll thoroughly clean, check, adjust, and refurbish your furnace for just 39 bucks. It makes sense, and you won't find a better price for the extensive work and deep cleaning anywhere. 720-526-3939. That's 720-526-3939. When your house is in trouble, Fix-It 24-7 will be 